Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. It's a modern homestead Build a modern homestead Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, joined again by... Rachel Jameson. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, a little tired. Yeah, what's going on on the homestead? Anything new? Well, yesterday, last night... At around 11 o'clock, I heard my husband messing around, and um, apparently we were having some septic tank issues. Fun times. <laughs> it always happens at night when it's 24 degrees and it's snowing out. It's just the way it is. But that's yep. that's one of the joys of owning a homestead that has a septic system. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm on city sewer, and it happens with me, too, on the pipes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've had okay. the... I've had the uh, the sewer pipe plug up on the worst of times. And I've had to actually, uh, uh, I don't even, it's probably too much information, but I've literally had to stand in a basement with sewage to try to uh. unplug a pipe <laughs> and then, uh. then scrub a basement down afterwards all night long to and go to work the next morning. So I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to count myself. It This, this was the good part is, we didn't have any backups. It We yeah. caught it before then. We just noticed the toilet was acting funny in our downstairs. And we're like, huh, something's weird. Yeah, yeah. I've had yep. I've had to deal with it, too. So, yeah, that's not a fun thing. That's not it was fun just at the all. timing of it all. We get up at four, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, 11 o'clock at night to be running around outside in the cold and snow. And because um, we've got snow here and we have eight to 10 more inches coming. Yeah, we got a couple inches here. And uh, I know last week we did our episode on uh, on using the. Uh, <laughs> the fallen leaves and now you too late we we put that episode out too late because most of, see we, we got snow all over all those leaves if anybody had plans to grab them <laughs> right i mean at least you're anywhere near us but maybe well right now it's not looking like it'll melt yeah I, we might get fortunate enough for some of it to melt well we got a couple inches and then it mostly melted we got mostly ground showing through but we're getting a couple more inches tonight so it's just kind of Keep on going. We we got some really cold temperatures coming in, like low teens this weekend here. So it's right. gonna be cold. <laughs> nice. I actually enjoy the cold because once the leaves are down and the snow comes, our allergies get better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing I like about cold is come summer next year, it seems to kill off a lot of the inside, the bugs, yeah, the mosquitoes and the annoying bugs and stuff. Although the cold winter. It's been several years since we've had a normal winter here, like a yeah. really cold with lots of snow here. So, yeah, this one's already starting off colder than what we've had for a few years. So, I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to go. Yeah. 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 So, you growing anything right now? Are the peppers 
kicking up or doing anything different? The peppers are kind of stunted, but they're in a bay window in my Still? Yeah, I didn't upstairs. Have to put the... That's I yeah, and I didn't get a chance to move those today. So I think the cold is probably stunting them. So um so today I had I was like, oh let's see how much I can get done in an hour before <laughs> I go to work. So I I got a bunch of plant or a bunch of seeds planted for my indoor garden. Okay. And um, tomorrow I'll probably haul down those peppers. They'll, like lettuce? I think and... they'll like the heat. Yeah. So I planted um, a couple different kinds of lettuce, some radishes, some peas, um, arugula, basil, and cilantro. I tried to pick the things that were easier for me to grow inside mm-hmm. and that we would eat a lot. Yeah. Of. Yep. Sure. So, and then I started my microgreens. Like a like a mixture seed on that? Is it like a... That is just... I honestly can't tell you what it is, except for I know there's mung beans in it and there's radish and broccoli in it. It was a, <laughs> okay, so a mix. It's called salad blend, but I had put it in a jar to keep it good and okay. can't remember exactly. But awesome. yep, so I started those. I started two trays of those and then I'll start a couple more in a couple more days and keep that rotation going. But that's been my day. And then it's been cold at night and it gets dark at five o'clock. So I brought out my knitting needles. That's your thing in the wintertime, huh? The dark nights. Well, you just <laughs> reading or knitting needle or knitting. Um, what I should be doing is going through photos and scanning them, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, I just I do a lot of reading, knitting, sewing. Awesome. That yeah. kind of stuff. In the well, that's not a waste of time. That's for sure. You can do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know much about it, but uh, my daughter, I, my, one of my daughters is pretty into it and she she makes some pretty neat things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the greatest knitter. I make a lot of washcloths and I can make socks, but they're like tube socks. I yeah. I can do the ones with the heel in them, but they take so much effort and I actually have to pay attention and I mm-hmm. don't have a large. So I just make tube socks and you put them on. She likes to knit scarves and things. Yeah. Like winter scarves. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got my marker green started yet. I probably should get those going. I have them out in the green. I have the trays out in the greenhouse. I was going to start those. I got a little sidetracked though. I've been because we have so much cold weather coming in so fast, uh, I've been cutting and splitting a lot of wood. Uh, I brought all that wood home, a whole truckload of that wood home from the campground. And, you know, I, that wood stove I put in the greenhouse is pretty small. So, of course, all of these logs are too long for that green, for that uh, that wood stove in the greenhouse. So, I've had to cut all those logs in half. And then most of them I've had to split and get a little smaller radius because the door is even pretty small on that. I mean, I love the idea that it's a small wood stove because it's perfect. The heat it puts off is just really perfect uh, for that greenhouse. I mean, you can get 80 degrees in there, but, you know, it ain't like it's running you out or anything necessarily. Um, But I've definitely had to rework all of the all of the wood. So I've been cutting and splitting and and uh, all that. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) That's what I've been doing a lot of. And I kind of had to fine tune the aquaponics system. I I noticed that it was uh, the water was coming up a little too high in it. And the way I have it designed is I have the the, the filler tubes uh, set the height it, where it comes up. And then you have an overflow that it goes down where that sets the height of how high the water comes up. And then um, so I had to cut those down a little bit to get the water level down a little bit because it was actually just staying wet on the top, which is what you don't want. So I had to lower the water a little bit and I... Actually, I'm running it less too because it was it was really too much water. I started. I'm, I'm running it for four minutes every two hours is oh, wow. all it runs. So uh, yeah, 48 minutes every 24 hours. Well, that five and a half hours a week. So it's pretty, low. pretty minimal on the on That's the. Cool. 
you know, as far as circulating the water through that. And it's plenty wet enough. Everything still looks almost too wet, but it seems to be growing good. I got peas that are probably five or six inches tall. I have uh, a broccoli and cauliflower up. I have a cress, uh, spinach. A lot of things are look like they're doing really, really well in there. So I think it's going to grow and grow fast. <laughs> so are you growing your broccoli and cauliflower for their heads or for the sprout? Uh, heads. I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to try. try. I'm going to see how big it gets. I don't know. I've never grown it in the aquaponics system, mm -hmm. but we're going to give it, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to see how big it gets and how fast it grows. So I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's all experiments. I mean, I've done aquaponics a lot, but I've always just kind of stuck to the leafy greens and, right. you know, kept it simple. And I don't know. I felt like a challenge. I thought, well, you know what? Got the greenhouse all set up. So let's see what we can do. And it's nice out there. And why not waste a little time in the greenhouse? <laughs> Sounds very I'm okay pleasant. with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about on the podcast, uh, Thanksgiving on the homestead. It's right around the corner. It's next week. Well, I, when this comes out, it's going to be just a couple of days away. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, so we thought we would just have an episode where we talk about eating on the homestead, you know, fixing meals and, and the kind of food that we like to have is more of a personal episode. Maybe we can talk about the things we like. Um, uh, we definitely, you have some diet restrictions that I don't have. So you definitely have to enjoy different things. And, you know, I throw my diet out the window for Thanksgiving. I don't care. I'm eating anything sweet or not. I don't care. I'm going to carry my belly out in a wheelbarrow. I'm, I'm eating. And, um, cause I love Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday. And, um, uh, we, we cook good, we eat good and, uh, we have a lot of fun. It's, it's just always an enjoyable day for us. And, uh, are there any things you do special on Thanksgiving? Like any kind of traditions? Just, um, well, it depends on which family we're with. My family tends to, uh, go around the table and talk about what they're thankful for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. My husband's family's more of the, they play a lot of games. Yeah, board games and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you games get the. And puzzles. But your are is your house the household that the family gathers at? Never for my husband's family, but often for my family. Okay, yeah, well, we usually, generally uh, do. Yeah, yeah. Usually at my, usually if it's with his family, we gather at his sister's house, mm -hmm. and um, because she's got lots of grandkids, so yeah. Our house seems to be the place. I don't know. We have you know all. You know, all the kids have families, but everybody comes here. And then we have a lot of times uh, my wife's sister's family will come over and stuff. And we just tend to have this big old gathering in our house. And we don't have a big giant house or anything, but it's a great time. Everybody goes around and we, we I guess they know where the good food's at. Because <laughs> it seems like the place. But you're right. I mean, we have, we talk about things are, you know, we're, we're, we were blessed with this last year, especially it's kind of the focus, you know, of Thanksgiving you know, the blessings we've, we've, we've had yeah. over the last few months and, and uh, we watch a little football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My husband's family is big into football. Our family is more like, is there NASCAR or something? Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I get that. I, I used to be a lot more into football than I am anymore. I don't get into it as much as I used to. I used to really be into it but yeah it's part of it too but it's more about just gathering around and having some you know having some good conversation and spending some time with each other and you know and we do that and um that's just our tra tradition it's not we don't do anything super special usually after thanksgiving dinner and everybody leaves uh we put up the christmas tree 
Oh. It's what we we all, almost always put it up after after everybody yeah, goes home. So we'll stay up that evening and stick the Christmas tree up, get everything ready for Christmas, start putting up lights. And my my wife's really into snowmen for some reason, so she has to build her little snowman altar on one of our tables, and uh, you know have that all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good time you know we we just listen to christmas music after thanksgiving and we we do that stuff and start getting ready for that next holiday and um, yeah that that's kind fun. of our thing yeah that's kind we of our do, thing so. uh, I, well the other thing i forgot to mention is thanksgiving is usually a big hunter day for mm. all of the men my husband came from a very strong outdoorsman family so they do a lot of hunting mm. and fishing so we don't usually eat until the guys come in from the woods. Oh, so they go out that day, huh? And hunt and often it depends. It depends on how fortunate they have been before. Have they yes. ever got a deer on Thanksgiving? Yes. So does that interrupt the the meal in the evening? Because <laughs> now they have to tend to that. Not usually, because usually it's cold enough. Okay, just hang it and let it yeah, go. Yeah. So, okay. Because okay. our hunting season here in Michigan. Rifle season, anyway, is November 15th. Yeah, I hear too. So, and it ends uh, November 30th. So, yeah. you know. Okay, yeah. I, yep. I don't dare venture out to the woods on on Thanksgiving. There's too much going on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I When I came into this family, that was a huge part of it. And you don't dare ask them to not. <laughs> that's fine though i think it's i think it's neat now that they have their tradition and i think that's pretty special i think it's fun yeah um now used to uh like when i was a kid and everything growing up my my mom and other people would go shopping on thanksgiving because they always had like the sales would start and everybody would hit now they don't even open like this year i noticed the stores aren't even open on thanksgiving around here Okay, I have to admit, I may have gone shopping a few times on Thanksgiving. Yeah, my wife has too, but yeah, they're not even doing it this year. Like all these stores glad are closed. They are. It just makes uh, me too. Chaos. Me too. I, I just yeah. Yeah, yeah but she'll go out and fight those crowds, and I'm like, you have at it. I'm staying here, and I usually, and honestly, I would usually stay home with the kids or whatever while they went out. Like if we had little kids, like grandkids and things, I would stay home and say, have fun, because I don't right. want that. I want no part of those lines and crowds and. And stuff, but yeah, it was a big thing for years around here too. But I don't know if I call that a tradition, other than just something that happens. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You do get some good deals though. I've noticed that. But uh, yeah, I'd they do. used to run some nice. Now it's now you have to get up the next day. It's I'd rather just time. do the Cyber Monday thing and get them online and have it shipping, have it shipped to my house. <laughs> I have. To, I must admit, I do enjoy um, the new economy of ordering online and having it arrive at my door. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I know it's horrible in some ways, but oh man, I feel a I'll little guilty sometimes. But yeah, like, <laughs> that's br- we're really busy probably the that thought process. Unfortunately, though, has probably put a lot of people out of business because <laughs> a lot of people think like that. A lot of mom and pop stores uh, no longer exist because of that that transition. I think, but you know, times probably. change, and uh, I, I know you know a lot of mom and pop stores have moved online even to do online sales through like Etsy right. and, yeah. and things like that. So I mean, it's just have to you have to kind of roll with the tide and uh, figure out another way you know um but uh maybe thanksgiving on the homestead looks different in other ways when you're a homesteader because maybe the food looks different right so we wanted to talk a little bit about you know eating you know i mean we it's not traditional like when i grew up we were kind of homesteaders but i mean we had cows and pigs and everything but i would say that a lot of food came out of cans and boxes, you know, when I was growing up. I mean, it's just the way we ate, you know, and and even when uh, 
a few years ago, up until just a few years ago, it was probably the case too. You know, we'd open up a can of yams and a, some uh, stovetop stuffing and go down and grab a butter ball. And, you know, it'd right. be, it was all just right from the store. And, and, and our meals have definitely changed quite a bit uh, over these last few years. And we got a couple of years, we, we got a heritage breed Turkey and they're, um, Here's what I'll say about heritage breed turkeys is they're different. They're different than what you buy at the store at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like you're going to go down and get the old butter ball or something like that. A heritage breed turkey will taste different and cook different and mm-hmm. might taste way different if you don't cook it different. Uh, might not taste good even if you don't cook it different. Um, they, I think uh, the two we've had before, we've had a bourbon red and a midget white. And um, I like the bourbon red better. Than the midget white. Have you ever had either one of those? I don't think that I have. And I was trying to remember what kind, um, where I get mine, where I have gotten mine in the past, what breed they were. And I don't, I don't know. I don't remember, or I didn't know ever. And <laughs> and I hate bad. to say it, but this year we didn't get one because yeah. the person we used to get them off of didn't raise any turkeys this year. <laughs> right. And we were going to raise turkeys with my mom this year and um, it just didn't happen. Life happened. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, but the thing we noticed the first year we had one and then we cooked it like we would like a turkey from a store and it was really dry yeah. and there's a big difference in the taste yes. because there's a look the, the fat ratio is different. The, the dark meat to white meat meat ratio is different. The size of course is different. They're a smaller turkey than what you would generally buy at the store. Um, so they just have to be cooked a little different and 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 prepared. And know you got to know what you what you're dealing with. And what we figured out was like the second year we got one was that they need to be cooked. At, well, we actually inquired about a cooking one to be a little. <laughs> That's you know, like, how do you cook this? Because we it didn't come out perfect last year, and um, uh, it was a little less time, but a higher temperature is what we okay. they said. You know, so we went with a higher temperature and a quicker. Uh, uh, a bake and and a roast and it and it came out perfect. I mean, we you know I think we like basted it once, like in the middle okay. of the cook time, and just to give it some moisture, and it was perfect. It came out great. I mean, it was super moist and and just tasted great. Um, so there was just a trick to cooking them. Now, how do you usually cook yours though? Um, brine them in a five brine. gallon bucket. Okay, with, um, it's a pound of salt to a gallon of water and obviously you're not going to fill the gallon the five gallon bucket up with water because when you put the turkey in it's going to overflow but um Mm -hmm. yeah we brine ours and especially if you're getting one that not from the store if you're getting it from a friend or something like that that raised them um they don't inject them full of all of the stuff that you know like if you get they if you get them from the store they inject them with that sodium stuff or whatever it is and um it definitely adds to the moisture content. So yeah. if you brine them, they end up a lot. It helps okay. a lot with yeah. the moisture of the turkey. And then we bake it. I'd love to smoke one, but we haven't done that yet. When we roast it, uh, my wife always puts like some um, chicken stock in the bottom oh, of the pan, yeah. which helps kind of, you know, and then uses yeah. that to keep them moist. Bad and that'll, yeah. yeah, yeah, that definitely helps to, to moisten them up quite a bit. Or in the, she'll put them in like a bag and then pour some of it in the bag and then put some in the pan. Right. It just, it really helps to, to do all yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, it's always super. Um, I guess I should put this disclaimer out right now that I'm not the majority. I don't do a majority of the cooking in this family. My wife does. So for me to even sit here and talk about cooking these meals, it's like, <laughs> And, and I can't get her to come on the podcast. So I'm just kind of like, well, I watch her and I talk to her a little bit about this before we do the podcast. So the things I'm saying, and if something don't sound quite right, 
maybe it isn't because <laughs> I don't do most of the cooking. Let's just put it that way. I'm a big right. breakfast cooker. Now I do like all the breakfast cooking. Yeah, there's stuff to be cooked for breakfast, but the rest of the meals, that's her. <laughs> Thanksgiving, it's all her. <laughs> she cooks most of the stuff. So I will help. I will cut things and <laughs> hand them to her. Well, the good news is <laughs> I am the uh Baker, chef, and cooker, and so home, you so. got you have the the insights we need here. So, uh, yeah. do you find do you find the heritage breeds uh, or or the the turkey that's been raised on a farm tastes a lot different than the store bought? Yes, and yeah. you, you know the turkeys and the chickens. Yeah, the first yeah. I did the same thing with both turkey and chicken. The first time we got them, it was mm-hmm. like, what did I do wrong? These are so dry and tough, it, and they're just different too. There is a yeah. different taste to them, even, and there it is. Might, maybe it's an acquired taste. I don't know, but yeah, they're definitely different. Well, I think some of it too is the feed. Usually, when you get somebody that breeds locally, they care enough to get really good feed, and they're not just pumping them. They're not just using, you know, soy feed to get them to grow faster, type of thing, too. So right, right, yeah. So you get a different flavor in the fat and. Um, a lot of them, when they're free range, they probably have built up muscle from running around as opposed to sitting in a cage getting stuffed full of food. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, uh, you're one of them uh, nose to, to tail people. You like to eat everything, yeah. so yes. you probably put all the goodies back in. You know, you like have to have it all in there. I don't make you? everybody eat them. I let them know what they're eating. But, but you're yes. you're throwing the feet and the the innards and the neck. Yeah. And... So the feet I use late for broth, which then <laughs> right. makes gravy. They make gravy. Everybody yeah. likes gravy. Yeah. Um. So we use that in the broth, and then the the neck will boil down Mm. and we'll pull the meat off and we'll use that in the broth that eventually makes gravy now our family likes the gizzards Mm -hmm. and the liver in the gravy don't tell my nephews that though and yeah Yeah. and um yeah so we we put all of that back into the back into the gravy yeah that's great that's how my mom taught me how to make gravy my mom is like the world's best gravy maker Uh she doesn't measure any of it she just if you ask her how she makes it she can't tell you she just makes it just happens. I'm a so. pretty good gravy maker too, but I make it out yeah. of squirrel meat and I love squirrel gravy. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a really good gravy. I don't know what it is about squirrel meat, but it makes a great gravy. <laughs> yeah, one of my mom's, of one of my mom's biggest frustrations in life was when we were diet, we, we were diagnosed with celiac disease. And then she was, is that she had to use um, cornstarch to thicken her gravy instead of flour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. She's like the consistency will never be the same. <laughs> well, I'm sure, but sacrifices have to be made, right? Yes, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, we use as much as we can of it, and then we'll, of course, yeah. I mean, you get that big carcass when you're done. That turns into broth. Broth, for, yes, always know, for the weeks for the rest of the weeks meals. Yeah. 
<laughs> yep, absolutely. You got to make some other meals out of that, the leftovers, and then make your broth. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's we do that, too. Um, so that looks that might look a little different than than most families on on Thanksgiving. <laughs> they grab their turkey. And uh, have you, has your husband ever shot a turkey and you guys had a wild turkey for? He hasn't. I would love it if he would. Every year I tell him you need to get a we need to get a turkey license because I Those, actually have I actually have a um, like I've actually gone to hunter safety and gotten my permit yeah. and stuff too, but I've never shot one either. And, um, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, I, we've, I've had more, we shot one and I shot one and we've had it, but not for Thanksgiving. Uh, we okay. And so how does that compare to, it is completely different. It's, it's a so way it's completely different even from, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Way leaner bird way. Um, I guess it depends on what time of the year you shoot them too. We do the spring hunt here and it's just a way different, uh, everything. I mean, it's a lot more dark meat, a uh, lot less, less fat. And it's a different fat wow. too. The, the huh. fat has a, has a taste to it. That's just different. Um, huh. But yeah, quite a bit different and a lot smaller also. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I that's mean, but, but we never have for Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah, I, like I said, it was earlier in the year, but yeah. Interesting. The, the... So do you guys eat turkey for Thanksgiving every year or do you ever eat ham? We eat both because we have people in the family oh. who don't like turkey and only like ham. And then we have people who don't like the ham, okay. so they eat the turkey. You know, they go back and forth. So, uh, yeah, we always fix both. both. We, yeah, we always have both. <laughs> always. Interesting. I never thought about that. That's a good idea. Actually. Yeah, we, we, we do both because they're – and then so we always have – you know, but then everybody gets sent home with some too. So we don't have this huge amount of leftovers too because right, we always have yeah. a lot of leftovers, you know. So – but yeah, we do uh, we do the both. And do you do pasture-raised ham when you do ham or – do you ever have yes. ham for Thanksgiving or do you just do turkey? I don't think we've ever had it for Thanksgiving. Okay. But if you um, were to do it, it would always, be pasture-raised, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Mine would be pasture-raised mangalitsa hands down. I don't think I will ever eat – Anything but Mangalitsa hog ever again. I've never had it, uh, but it sounds it's very delicious. fatty. <laughs> Is um, it? Well, that's why you fatty. like it. Yeah, yeah. Be extra but healthy then. The um, but the hams like they just don't dry out because of all that fat. They're just yeah. they're amazing. And you get them smoked. You have them smoked, and no, we smoke it. You smoke it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, when we get ours, we usually actually, um, when we get ours, we we cut it up ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we we. We buy it from somebody that raises them, and then we do the rest of it. I think ours are – we get pasture-raised uh, pork also, and I think our hams are – I think they're Tamworth. Okay, But yeah. they're pasture-raised, and uh, they're pretty good. I mean, they're not – I wouldn't say that – it's definitely – well, in the ham, I don't notice as big of a difference. Now, when you're eating things like pork chops – and things like that from it, it seems like it's quite a bit different than what we buy at the store. But I don't notice yeah. the, I don't notice the ham being way different. Uh, we have really we have it smoked yeah. at the butcher too, so we it's already right. done. So I guess that gives it an identifiable taste. Right. Um, but yeah, we it's it's really good and we like it, but we don't really treat it any different than we would a store bought ham smoked mm -hmm. uh, one that's smoked from the store. Um, yeah, but it's really really good. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I don't really treat big... ours any differently either, other than there is so much fat that you. Um, we do cut off some of it, but there's the mangalitsa. It's a little bit smaller, though, isn't it? Is it a smaller ham? Oh, they're huge. Really? I mean, it's not as big as a tamworth. It's not like full size pig. I mean, they're not as big as like some of the production pigs, are they? I, I thought they were when, smaller. It depends on how long you let them grow out. Well, of course, but I thought they yeah. were a little bit smaller yeah. than a. They're pretty big. They're pretty big. Okay. And they okay. um, they're 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 considered a lard hog more than a meat hog. Okay. 
Yeah. 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 And the the meat is red. Yeah. Do, yeah. I, yeah. I do think that even on the tamworths that are pasture raised, the meat is more red also, actually. The pork chops pasture, especially, yeah. Once you get a pasture raised pig, you never go back to store pork. Yeah. We flip back and forth. We do thing. buy some occasionally, but we right. do uh, usually get a pig at least a year from That's some, what we a farmer. Do. We so. usually get a half a pig or a pig a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but we still sometimes eat a little bit more than that in certain things. Like we'll need more bacon, of course, or we'll need more pork chops. Um, but you get those nice big hams and mm-hmm. things too that are nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a little different. I mean, our meat, like I said, because it's pasture raised, there's some slight differences with turkey. I think they're a bit they're different. There's more of a difference than with our hams. But yeah, yeah, again, sure. um, yeah, we 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 really enjoy those, and uh, any ch- chance we get, maybe that's why everybody comes to our house for Thanksgiving because we got that good meat. I don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you know, the main dishes aren't the only thing. We like some good side dishes, and you know what? <laughs> when you're a homesteader, you got that pantry there, just begging to be oh, yes. used of all the things you put up all year. So it's kind of the time to shine, pantry, you know, get out there and show us what you can make, you know, and and you can put together some pretty nice side dishes and desserts with the things in your pantry, for sure. Um, green bean casserole is just a given. You have to have that at Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you guys have that? Um, No. It's no. A, no, we don't. It used to be a big part of it. And then, you know, all of us got celiac and, and then we just kind of moved on to other things. But I think that the green yeah, bean casserole probably, I get, is, see your diet restrictions are going to keep you from yeah, a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah the love, green bean casserole though, it's like one of those things people either love it or they hate it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I did like it, but yeah. of course the the soup. You know, if, if you use the traditional mm-hmm. recipe, it calls for the can of soup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of that, though, we're putting a link in the show notes for a recipe for green bean casserole from scratch. So you won't be doing the soup, which is nice. So you can kind of do it the way you should do it. <laughs> now that I think I'm going to have to try. because That, that recipe is actually from Melissa K. Norris, and uh, it looks okay, delicious. Yeah. And I've never tried it, but it looks great. I'm going to have to try it and convert it so that we can eat it because I actually have mush- oyster mushrooms that mm-hmm. grew up that a friend grew on their logs and I have tons of green beans from the garden. So yeah. Yeah. I have to try it. Well, you brought in that mega potato harvest this year. So yes. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Yes. It's always nice to have those big old bowl of mashed potatoes being served right from the garden. I mean, you think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, you had you had green a huge green bean and potato harvest this year. I did. So yeah. I did. So these are perfect. My husband actually <laughs> we made some potatoes yesterday and he was like, Man, these mashed potatoes are so good. They're so sweet. Yeah. So yeah. Do, I think it's just fresh. But now, you're doing your big uh uh gluten-free dough right now. Do you make biscuits out of those? Or just I have not right tried now. it yet, so I'm going to have to try it. I wonder if you could, yeah, you might try some biscuits with that gluten-free sourdough. I know, but, I see that uh, you've got the sourdough biscuits. I'm like, I'm Sourdough biscuits are good. Now, I, I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a good big buttermilk biscuit guy too, you know, but right. no doubt about it. We do our, we do sourdough here too. And it definitely adds a, a layer of health <laughs> to having the sourdough versus the buttermilk. But do you add we like buttermilk to the sourdough? Probably. Yeah, probably. Instead of the what? I'm not, I didn't read the recipe, but yeah. I, I put re- buttermilk in yeah. my mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, the, 
Yeah, we we the well the recipe I we use for the sourdough is just straight up or for you know it's just straight up like you would make bread pretty much you're just making biscuits out of it. So you're adding a few okay. extra ingredients, but it's the same. It's just biscuits instead, <laughs> right? You know, a lot of people make biscuits uh, or pancakes or whatever with the with what they throw out. You know, yeah, you have the to discard. You have yeah. to throw out the discard. So you, people will either make biscuits or pancakes or something like that with a discard, and uh, so you just make a bigger batch of it for uh, for yeah, uh, Thanksgiving crackers. Yeah, sourdough crackers. I like to, yeah, share that recipe sometime. I like to try that. Yeah, it's yummy. That sounds. They taste like they got cheese in them, and they don't because really sourdough tangy. But that's that's your gluten free sourdough though. It's a little different. Yeah, I use the uh, the icorn um, sourdough or the icorn flour in my sourdough. So yeah, it probably has a bit of a different flavor. So my sourdough recipe, the um, the base is rice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are and coleslaw. We're big on the coleslaw. We always my kids love coleslaw. So, you know, I always break out the old cabbage and <laughs> work you on have that. Cabbage ready in the garden to go? Uh, I don't have any gar- I have a bunch in the freezer. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's going to be just fine for some coleslaw. Really? Yeah. It'll be okay if you. Yeah. Make, yeah. Take it Why wouldn't there? it okay. be? Yeah. I don't just know. It seems it like it would be different. I think okay. it'll be all right. Well, it's the first year I froze it, but I right. did pull some out and make some sauerkraut with some okay. that was frozen. And it was great. It worked perfect. Okay. Um, well, so, yeah. Yeah. So, where uh, I have uh, some cabbage in the garden still that I'll probably pull to make some some coleslaw because my husband loves coleslaw. Yeah. So, yeah. I got I to gotta start trying to. I seen, um, I watched a video the other day and somebody was storing cabbage in their root cellar, just storing it like that. And it was and this was yes. several months into it, and it still looked good. Like they said, you might have to remove two or three layers of leaves, but then everything in the middle is perfect. And I was like, well, I got to start doing that. That seems like such an easier way to do it. So I've seen where people hang. So they pull up a lot of the root with it. Mm-hmm. Like they wash off the root and they hang, and it, hang it upside it. down yeah. from the root in their root cellar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if he I was. Try I can't even remember what he was storing it in. If he or I think did he have it in salt? I think maybe he had it in sawdust. Um, but it, anyway, it looked great. He pulled a couple out and like said, yeah, these couple out, you know, he pulled a couple of the leaves back and showed, and this was like, I think in like February or something or March. And I'm like, mm. wow, that's impressive. So it stored really well without freezing it. So this I would might, save you some freezer space. Yeah. I might look into to trying to, to store it like in the basement or something uh, like that. One of these days, I just love to build a big old root cellar outside, like a really nice one. That would be that's on my dream list. Yeah, that would on be amazing. My dream list. I might have yeah. to get that book. We talked about that book a, a while back. You, there was a book you shared one time. We I were talking about it. some resources. Yeah, yep. yeah, I might have to try to get that book and look into that a little bit. I'm, I might get the shovel out, start digging. My stepfather <laughs> has it right now because he's going to make. He's yeah. works of making one. Yep. I'd love to make one, a really nice one. You know, something really usable. Oh so yeah, maybe one be day. Great. One day. Well, those are they're kind of the favorite side dishes for us. You know, we, you know, we, of course, there's always mashed potatoes, green beans, coleslaw. We'll break out like some fruits, like I might pull out some canned pears or some, right. something like that. And we'll have that on the side. Not from the garden. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't want to grow camp cranberries here, but uh, yeah. Um, there's some berries though. I mean, we have like, right. uh, I have frozen uh, 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 raspberries and blackberries and things like that. I could definitely make some things or make some, uh, some toppings for some pies or something like right. that with it or you know you can definitely do some things with it if you wanted to pull those out and make use of them we usually pull out some applesauce but now i'm thinking about all this yep. sweet stuff and it's making me think about the desserts 
my favorite part. <laughs> favorite part. But you, you're, again, you're limited on the desserts. Yes. I'm are. limited I mean, on them can, too most of the year. I can make dessert. They just but, don't look like everybody else's dessert. Yeah, my, yeah. I don't care, like I said, how much sugar it's got on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, I'll eat it. I don't care. It's just, I'm <laughs> all, uh, like I said, all health is out the window for one day. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, anything particularly uh, particular you like to make for uh, Thanksgiving on desserts? Pumpkin pie and pumpkin roll. Do you make that from pumpkins or do you buy the? No, I make it from a pumpkin. You yep. actually yep. cut open, you cut the pumpkins yep. and make your own. Um, well, yeah, we actually use squash, which is actually what it usually is. At the uh, store. Yeah. It's less yeah. watery. We've found that it's less watery than a pumpkin. Yeah. For those who don't know, there's a whole issue with canning pumpkins versus yeah. squash. So you're using canned squash or using fresh squash? I'm using fresh squash. Okay. Okay. But I'm not using pumpkin. But you could. To make pumpkin pie. I could. I yeah. could. But I use, usually I use butternut squash and okay. not pumpkin. Um, pumpkin, unless I could get, well, so this year I do have one pie squash to make your pumpkin pie. Yes. And most of the store pumpkin, the, most of do you the have that recipe you in here? Did you share that recipe? No. You it's easy. It's just, all recipe. you do is cook the squash. I have tons of butternut amount. squash. And I'm, yeah, it's, you, it's the same amount. You cook the squash and it's. Your your canned squash at the store is a, usually a fifteen ounce can. Uh-huh. You just use fifteen ounces of cooked squash. Instead. Do you so? Do you have so you basically roast it and then scoop it out and then? Yeah, so I cut it in half, take the seeds yeah. out, you put it in the oven and bake it mm-hmm. to soften it up. Scoop and it then... out and then I'll run it through the food mill or food processor or whatever. Okay. And um, sometimes if it's a little waterier, just depends. I'll maybe try to cook it down a little bit. To get that thicker consistency, but does it taste like traditional pumpkin pie when you cook it like that? When you make it like that, or does it have everybody? Everybody loves it. Does it taste? Do you taste the butternut squash? Do you taste? Does it taste like butternut squash, or does it taste more like pumpkin? By the time you put the eggs and the sugar and the spices in, it tastes just like pumpkin pie. Really? Because at the store, it's almost always it's usually butternut squash or um. Yeah. What was the other one? It's almost a, never pumpkin. A lot of canned pumpkin isn't yep. pumpkin. Right. You're absolutely yeah, it's right. It's not pumpkin. Yeah. So, because yeah. there's an issue with canning pumpkin. It doesn't, it's not recommended to can because it doesn't, when it's, when it's in that consistency anyway, pureed, yeah. pureed it doesn't can, it's not supposed to can it because it doesn't uh, heat all yeah. the way to the middle. But if you cube it though, I've heard that that's yeah, safe. If you wanted to can pumpkin, if you wanted to store it, which I stopped canning stuff like that only because. I've had a butternut squash last almost a year, so I just yeah, put me it in too. My basement. Yeah, I have a whole shelf. But you filled can with them. you can yeah. just peel it and cube it up and can it that way. Oh wow! Yeah. See, I'm but. such a big butternut squash fan. I pretty much like I I grow all this butternut squash. I put it on. I fill up this whole shelf like four shelves high of butternut squash because I like the soup. I make so much butternut squash oh, soup through okay. the winter. I love it. I mean, it's my favorite soup. So every uh, probably once a week, maybe every once or two weeks, I'm making a big old pot of uh, butternut squash nice. soup. But now I'm thinking pie, a, pumpkin a roll, pumpkin pie made out of butternut squash sounds pretty stinking good. So it I might have to go good. with this. Pretty good. <laughs> that pretty sounds good. great. Yeah. I Maybe not quite that. as good for you as the soup, though. Probably not. But that's it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I can find the recipe for making it. It's pretty simple. It's pretty. Yeah. Sounds like it. I mean, yeah, sounds like it. I'm yeah. going to try that. Now, do you, since you're a celiac, you have to make. Do you make like the the um your own pie shell or pie? So I have done both. I've done it without a pie shell, and I've just put 
pumpkin, made the pumpkin and put it in a pie shell without, or a pie pan with no crust. Oh, okay. Okay. A crustless one. I've done that in the past, but um, of course, everybody always likes a crust. Have you, have you thought about making your, using your sourdough to try to make a pie shell? I have not thought about doing that, but um, because I have this good recipe for pumpkin pie that I've been using for a while. Boy, we have a lot of recipes linked here. Um, Yeah. And I just, we like it. It's actually a grain-free pumpkin pie recipe. Okay. So we, we use the crust for that, and everybody has liked it that's had to eat it. Of course, the the other people in our family get the real pumpkin pie. But Have you ever made a pie shell out of, um, uh, like, gr- grinding nuts? Like, I have. I have, like, but not for pumpkin pie. Yeah. I mean, I we have use for, like, walnuts and or... pecans, pecans, mm-hmm. and yeah. you grind them up and then make a pie shell out of it. Yeah, we've done that yeah. before, too. Yeah. I make a chocolate pie that we use nuts for the base. Yeah. Yep. I can't remember. My wife's made one of those a couple times, but I can't remember what kind of pie it is now. But, yeah, she's used the nuts to. They're pretty good. For the shell. Yeah, the, sh- the shell's great. I love it because I'm just, mm-hmm. I like, it's I pretty like to eat those things. Yeah. Well, how about pumpkin roll? You like you make pumpkin roll also? Yeah, yep, and that's also gluten free. And um, I have had to make it dairy free before too, depending mm-hmm. on who's at our. Which is interesting. So when I make it gluten free, you know, you just make the pumpkin roll. There's a recipe for it, but um, when I make it dairy free, I use just a vanilla icing instead of or vanilla frosting instead of a cream cheese frosting. Okay, I until. A couple years ago, believe this or not, I had never eaten a pumpkin roll. <laughs> really? They're Until good. just a couple years ago. They're well, so I'll tell you what convinced me to eat one. I had Melissa K. Norris on the podcast. Okay. And she had just written her book, Handmade, which has, and I asked her, and I didn't have the book yet. I said, what's your favorite recipe in that book? And she said. Pumpkin roll? The pumpkin roll recipe. And it was oh, like her grandmother's funny. or something, I think. And so I got the book and we made huh? that pumpkin roll and. We've made it ever since. I love it. It's so so good. good. Yeah, it's so good. So if anybody wants to pick up that book, I'll have a link in the show notes for that book also. If you want to check that book out, because she's got a fantastic pumpkin roll recipe in there. Yeah. And the pumpkin pie recipe, I actually have. Now, I've never interviewed her. I should try to get an interview with her. That would be really fun. But um, I have, uh, it's against the grain. So she's actually really popular for people like that eat paleo and um, gluten-free and grain-free. And mm-hmm. why is her name escaping me? Because you're on a podcast and you're under the gun to exactly, say her name. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. That's I'll it remember works. it. I'll remember it when it comes up. But uh, yeah, she has some really good, she has several cookbooks and they're, her recipes, like at Christmas time, I make her sugar cookies and um, I've made the, her sugar cookies and decorated them for people for bright baby showers. And um Mm-hmm. Really, she has really good stuff. So yeah, that sounds good. What is pumpkin pie your favorite pie? It is, believe it or not. This is going to sound really funny. Um, it's the only pie I like. The only pie you like? You mm-hmm. don't like apple pie? You like apples? No, nope. don't like, I like apple apples, pie. Though. But I don't like apple pie. Hmm. My favorite pie is strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, and we—it's like my only re- hardcore request every year for Thhanksgiving is like we're going to have strawberry rhubarb <laughs> pie because I love it so much. It's like the only time of the year I eat it too. It's like we drag and we have that stuff in the freezer. You know, we'll brag drag out the because we froze a bunch of rhubarb and we froze a bunch of um, right. strawberries. So we drag it all out and we make us a from scratch strawberry rhubarb pie, and I love it. It's my favorite pie. 
but I only eat it once a year. I don't know why. <laughs> we make, I, I use all my strawberries and rhubarb to make jam. So yeah, but, we, we do the yeah. jam too, but I love what's left. needs to go into that pie. I need to save enough for that pie every year. Cause I love it on Thanksgiving. I, I, and like I said, I don't know why, but I only eat it once a year and we eat it right at Thanksgiving. I have it every year huh. and I love it. And, uh, you know, we always have apple pie also and pumpkin pie. And I think and your we, pumpkin roll, but uh, yeah, pumpkin roll. Well, actually, we don't make it for Thanksgiving. We just make it make throughout it. the year. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, uh, also something, of course, that don't come from our pantry, but we always buy one is pecan pie because we love pecan pie okay. also, but we don't have the means to make that from the pantry, of course, but it's really good and we love it. So we always have right. one, one of those sitting on the shelf as well because we always have a few pies, you know, for everybody to dive into. That's a lot of pie. Yeah. There's a lot of people that come over. So, and I'm. Oh, and I do. I did remember her name. It's, it is um, Danielle Walker. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, what what website's that? Against All Grain. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. A lot of people that have food issues and stuff. She's got great cookbooks and great recipes. Okay, so. yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, well, we also try to make use of some of our apples. You don't make an uh, apple pie because you don't like apples pie. So. No, I don't. So you don't like apple pie, so you're not making apple pie. Do you make any other pies other than your pumpkin pie? I don't though i probably should because my husband on the other hand will loves pie like any kind of pie if it's pie he likes it so i should probably make an apple pie do you make sweet potato pie nobody likes it do you make sweet potato sweet potato crisp or sweet potato casserole we just make sweet potatoes we'll bake them we like sweet some people call it sweet potato casserole. Some people call it sweet potato crisp. I don't know if those are two different things. We call it casserole, but I've had people call it crisp. Is it the one with the marshmallows in it? No. Okay. What is it? Well, it does. We, well, I think we've had it both ways, I think. I think we okay. have had it before with the marshmallows, but I think it's just a crisp. It's like an apple crisp, but it's a sweet potato crisp. But it's sweet. You know, of course, there's sugar put in it and stuff, everything also that makes it really good. But yeah, I think the sweet potato crisp is what the one I'm thinking of that I really like. It's Do you put really like a good. crumble on the top? Of yeah, it? it's kind of like a crumble on the top huh, of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. That's a that's a real favorite of mine. But I think I like cinnamon baked apples even better. Those are pretty good. Yeah, you, you can really tell the dessert's my favorite part of Thanksgiving, can't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I really like the turkey. I do too, but yeah. I speed through all that so I can get to the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't savor it like I should because you know I see those pies sitting over there, the cinnamon apples, and all the stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. they're so yummy! Though. I got to hurry up and get to apples. that. And so, what do you, you take... do? How do you do yours? Do you just like peel them and core them, and then put like nuts and sugar and spices cinnamon and yeah okay. pretty much yeah there's like a glaze i don't know my wife makes them with the glaze i don't know what she makes the glaze out of but okay yeah. really good so you're asking the wrong Yummy. person but i can't get her to tell me anything but i think there's a recipe in here because i asked her about this recipe she says yeah that's how i make it i think i put one in here because i was asking her some questions and she yep there's one in here she says yeah that's how i make it so um because i was trying to include some recipes in the show notes just like you yeah. did and have yep. just some things because like I said, I, I can follow a recipe and make this stuff, but she right. she has yeah. she's the one that does it usually. Um but yeah, that's those are kind of the desserts that I can't wait to dive into. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I posted I put down we so everything here is basically from scratch. 
So mm-hmm. I put like even my pumpkin pie spice, we make our own, I make my own blend and um, yeah. so I put the recipe in the show notes for that. The brined turkey is actually, actually from the bearded butchers. I don't know if you've ever watched. Yeah, them I've heard them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they them. have a nice YouTube channel and mm-hmm. I put a link in the show notes for their video on the turkey and, um, and um, a, a couple of these recipes call for a gluten-free flour blend. I actually don't use that. I kind of wing it, but um, I put a recipe for that. I didn't know if there was anybody that was kind of new to cooking gluten-free. and Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming when you first start. Yeah. I would think so. It sounds overwhelming, actually. Yeah. it's You don't just use one flour. Usually a mix is the best approach with gluten-free. Yeah. And I also put egg replacers. So we have an egg allergy. So um Hold down. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have gluten free, dairy free, egg free, and sometimes other free <laughs> when we have it's quite it's quite interesting. Yeah. But so um, your, your Thanksgiving looks a lot different than ours because I'm well, I mean, we have all the same food. It just has to be made differently. Yeah. Like we have for a lot sure, of the similar. Sure. So like when we make our um, for example, when I make the pumpkin roll, which calls for eggs, thankfully. The person that's allergic to chicken eggs is not allergic to duck eggs. Isn't that oh, odd? But that happens yeah. for some yeah, people. Yeah, I think that's common, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So if I have duck eggs frozen in the freezer, which I do this year, I'll use those. But if not, I will use egg replacer or I have used a gelatin egg, which is literally just gelatin. And um, so I put the recipe. I didn't. You know what? I need to put the recipe for making a gelatin egg. But I put links in for the egg replacer and gelatin that yeah. we've used, but it definitely does get a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, everything does when you're trying yeah. to cook healthy, it seems like uh, in some cases, but then again, you're cooking from scratch. So it's just a little bit more work and a little more you're putting into yeah. it. And, and, uh, you know, but, you know, I also wanted to, we included some, re- some, uh, some, instructions and recipes for cooking um, heritage breed turkey and mm-hmm. ham and and things because they're a little different and if you want it to come out the best which some of you uh, there's some folks out there that maybe they either rate maybe it was the first year they raised a turkey or maybe this first year they right. bought a heritage breed turkey and they're saying okay how should i cook it so there's some suggestions in there this actually i shared one from marthastewart.com and that is actually the one that uh, we used <laughs> and it was really good they someone told us that shared that with us and we actually used that and it was really really good so it's the very last the turkey one. yeah oh, the heritage breed okay. turkey recipe oh, nice. and it worked came out really delicious so she that has was some a good, good one. recipes yeah she does she does yeah um, one of our favorites she has a macaroni and cheese that you use butter not squash in <laughs> it's amazing yeah yeah that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll include all these sh- in the show notes, but I thought we would close today. We, we got all these links here and everything. We've talked about some of our favorite recipes, but just like Thanksgiving at our houses, we like to share about the things that we're, we're thankful for on the homestead. And, you know, it's, I'm, when I think about homesteading, there's some things about homesteading I'm really thankful for. And uh, how about you? There's some things that you, when you can think about home, you know, life as a homesteader. Or, yeah. Oh man. For me, it's um it's time that I get to spend with my husband. We spend mm-hmm. a lot of time together doing homesteading stuff. So yeah, like I really we really enjoy that. And um, it's also for us about just being outside and better health. And we're thankful that we have. We're just thankful that we're blessed that we have property. Even though we have a quarter of an acre, I'm not. You know, I have somewhere to put a pot and a plant and. 
yeah. so thankful for that. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I think the same thing with me. Family is really important, you know, and, and I think homesteading has, a, has uh, brought our family closer yeah. together in some ways, you know, and, and even though my kids don't live at home anymore, I mean, when they're right, here, yeah. we're out in the garden and we're playing around, you know, I get the grandkids out there and I'm really thankful for that kind of t- those times, you know, I get to, you know, not only spend it with them, but also share with them yeah. some knowledge of how to yes. do it. And I'm thankful for that opportunity uh, to be able to do that. And, and the food, of course, I feel like the food right. saved my yeah. life. So I'm yeah. obviously thankful for it, you know, that it's, you know, it's, it's a healthy food and it's, you know, and and I'm just thankful that uh, thankful that we're able to grow it and 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 have it, and it's done a lot for our, uh, my health and for the health of our family. And um, you know, this is going to sound weird, but I'm thankful. You know, I, we oftentimes think about, boy, I think I was born in the wrong era or the wrong time, and how you know. And, but then I think I'm also thankful that we're blessed to live in a time where knowledge is so available. Like I can jump on YouTube or a podcast and I can gain all this information so easily to be able to do so many things. And that sounds weird, but that has been a major influence on me homesteading. And I'm thankful for that, that it's out there, it's available, you know? So I guess that's something I'm really thankful for. Yeah. And that's where one of the things I was thinking, like, I'm really thankful for our roots as a, as Americans, like the spirit of homesteading, I think is kind of part of American culture. And so I think, but what's different now is, and what the modern homesteading podcast is about is we're marrying that together with the technology that we now have, which is the ability to get on YouTube, the ability to have books at our fingertips, the ability to go online and search things, you know, electric fences, those things all make our life, you know, yeah. a lot easier. And you were talking earlier about water pumps coming on and, you know, timers. And so yeah. I think, you know, we can still live with one foot back Absolutely. in that homesteading yeah. and one foot in modern life and, um, and still enjoy that. And I think one of the things I neglected to say, I'm actually thankful for us homesteading here in the suburbs right now um, has created such a sense of community. I think mm. our, our, our road that we live on, I think everybody would just drive by and not really talk to each other. But since we have a garden, it's kind of become a gathering place where wow. people walk by and stop and talk. Yeah. That's so. funny you say that because I'm not, I'm not a person who gets out there and just, you know, has right. conversations with my neighbors normally. But I would say in the last year, especially every conversation I've had with one of my neighbors has been out here in my garden. <laughs> Yeah, over the fence, right? Yeah. Well, I don't have a fence there. They just walk right up into my garden area while yeah. I'm after working in it and talk to me. And it's like literally the only conversations I end up having with my neighbors anymore are in my garden. They stop yeah. and they walk up in there and they just talk to me while I'm working in my garden. And it does. You're right. There would be absolutely, with me, there would probably be almost no conversation if it wasn't for that garden. Yeah, <laughs> similar. I mean, we're both introverted. My husband's yeah, yeah. also. Yeah, you're, you're introverted. My husband's also introverted. So we're not one of those. We We don't seek out uh conversations right. don't run from it but i'm not out there looking for right. it right yeah. right yeah but it really has i just see it a lot i mean our little the neighbors across from us have a big driveway so they drive truck and uh because they drive truck and so between their big driveway and our garden i've just seen an increase in the last couple of years where people stand out there and talk because there's mm. enough room to do it and our That's garden neat. and our garden gets lots of people will <clears throat> stop and ask and I'll hand them a tomato, 
you know, or a cucumber and, you know. That's awesome. I had yeah. my uh, granddaughter uh, walk a bag of food down to one of the neighbor's house and set it on their porch the other day. She's only four years old. And I'm like, but I could see her. I'm like, let's take it down there and put it on that porch right there and give that to them. You know, it was a bunch of peppers. This is a couple months ago, but it was just right. kind of, it was kind of funny that, you know, you can yeah. send the grandkids down there, share some of that food and build some relationships. And that's, that's important and that's good. And yeah, I, yeah. I love so that. So we're out in our yard too. I don't know mm. if it's just the garden or if it's just, you know, we're out in the yard and it's like an opportunity They're walking their dog or they're taking a walk and it's yeah. like, oh, hi, how are you? Where do you live at? Oh, I live down, you know, and I would have never met them before because they live like 10 houses down, not two. You That's know? great. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there's so much to be thankful for with the homestead, you know, just the, the opportunities. And the, I can I'm thinking about just now that the drought we had this last this year and, and how and yet still so much provision, you know, things yeah. just still worked out and, you know, we're able to have a, a, a fair crop and put a lot of stuff up and. You know, in a lot of ways, I, for a lot of things, I had the best year I ever had in a garden. And there was a few things that suffered and that didn't come out as well. But all in all, I wasn't disappointed right. in it, even with the severe dry spell we had for so long. And and um, yeah, still blessed. So, yeah. And I mean, and without, you know, without modern technology and without homesteading, yeah. you or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> there you go. Pro- I, I feel that way. Yeah, I really feel that yeah. way. Yeah, that, that I mean, homesteading kind of saved my life and you feel that oh, way yeah. too. So yeah. I yeah. Do. yeah. So we're yeah. pretty thankful for our homesteads and what it's brought into our lives. And, uh, and Thanksgiving's a, we should probably think about that every day, but Thanksgiving's a real time, right. a good time to yeah. really focus on that and actually say it out loud. So that's what we thought yeah. we'd do today. Yeah. Share a, share a few things we're, we're really thankful for. And of course we're thankful for much more, I'm sure, but those are just some things that come to our mind when it, when it comes to, to homesteading. So, well, yeah. I, feel like we kind of maybe made people hungry and um, <laughs> made them think about what they're going to have on their Thanksgiving plates this year. And uh, that's a good thing. And and I think some of the resources we shared for um, for uh, uh, recipes and some uh, books and things like that are going to be really valuable. And uh, f- the folks can uh, head to the show notes and get all that information. Um, and uh, I guess other than that, we'll say uh, have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Yes. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, happy homesteading. And we will uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. And in the meantime, grow where you're planted. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's been. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. Like a kid, once you've done all of your chores.